Well, welcome back into our series on the words, the ways and the works of Jesus Christ. I am privileged to be one of the pastors here at New Beginnings that uh, brings the Word of God to everybody here in the building and also out in the internet land. I love the internet land. You know, you know no matter what, you know, you know, on the line. But let's just pray before we get into it. A gracious, loving God, we give you thanks for this moment. We give you thanks for this moment because we can come and hear your word found in the Bible. Lord, may it speak to us today. May it open our hearts and our minds to your leading for our lives. May your Holy Spirit rest upon us and guide us, lead us, open us up to your word. We ask this in your holy name. Amen. So today we've, you know, Kimberly has brought us uh, a reading from Mark's Gospel from chapter 10. We are 27 weeks into our message series. Uh, we're actually going to take a pause for Christmas over the time, so we're not going to finish off Mark's Gospel straight away. But we've got a couple of weeks left. But Kerry gave a great message last week, um, and it was a challenging message because it, um, it looked at uh, divorce and adultery. And today we, we just come into actually a different section, but it actually flows on. And let me explain. Uh, we've got two interactions of Jesus here. Uh, Jesus, first of all, has his disciples who uh, are shooing away families that are bringing their children to Jesus for him to bless them. And, and it's really interesting because what you'll know from right up is that the people coming to Jesus already had some spiritual understanding, already had some spiritual depth, and they knew that Jesus had power, had authority, and wanted to receive a blessing from him. So he's, they're bringing their children to him for blessing. And then following this, after Jesus um, kind of chastises his disciples and said, don't send them away, bring them to me. And he talks about then the kingdom of God. And then after that, he's walking along and along comes a rich man that wants to know how to get eternal life. You know, he, he's, a, he's another follower of the Jewish tradition. He's been following with all the rules, the regulations, the law, and, and, and doing all the right things. And, he, you know, Jesus says, well, what must you do? And, you know, you, you know about not murdering. You know, not, you know not about to commit adultery. You know, oh, well, hang on. We've suddenly just got a linkage with the passage beforehand that Kerry was talking about, part of the Old Testament. But see, what Jesus does is he takes it from that point and turns it around. He reframes it and wants to talk about the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is actually what I want to talk to you about today. It's, it's actually, as I was reading through this, there were so many different sections I could kind of look at and, and try and think about where we might go and what, what thing we might say. And I went, actually, what was sitting on me was that it kept on coming back. This is what the kingdom of God is like. This is the kingdom of God. So I want us to today explore what it means to, to know about the kingdom of God. But before we get there, one of the things 
is that for some people, the word kingdom brings actually bad connotations. I'm actually one of those people. Let me, let me be right up front. I, I actually asked Annette um, as I was writing this uh, what she thought about kingdom. And she went, oh, the kingdom of God. Went straight to that moment. Whereas for me, when, when I think about kingdom, I think about the royal family. Um, and for me, you know, that brings a whole lot of tainted things about it. Um, how many people watched um, uh, The Crown, the series The Crown? There's a few people, there's a couple of people who are willing to put their hands up. Um, so if you're putting your hands up in, in your room at home, then fantastic. You know, and I think it's really interesting because it kind of gives you an insight. Keeping in mind it is um, a TV program, so it's not a historical document, it's a TV program. But the thing that shows me is that when we start thinking about kingdoms, we start thinking about people. When we start thinking about kingdoms, we think about kings and queens and rulers, and we think about the fallible nature of those people. We think about the press, the paparazzis, the stories that come out. You know, and I was only in the supermarket the other day, and there was a whole magazine devoted to, guess what, the royals. And I went, I would never buy that. But then again, other people would, because they want to know what's happening in their lives. See, that's not the kind of kingdom that we're talking about here. We're not talking about the scandals. We're not talking about individuals. We're not talking about... We're talking about the kingdom of God. The other thing it showed me as I was watching the series, and it was, it was actually a really, really important point, is the Queen is, is talking about how she's meant to behave. And she talks about how she's meant to behave with deference. In other words not placing herself above the rule and authority of the, the parliament, and the parliament was setting the rules. So she's a figurehead. And the kingdom of God is not about having a figurehead with no power, no authority, no, no importance whatsoever. It's not about ceremony. Kingdom of God is so much more than this. So let's just jump in. Let's, let's kind of get into our understanding and we're going to jump into Mark chapter 10, verse 14 and 15, just to show what Jesus, how he turns around the conversation uh, with the disciples who are shooing away the children. And it says, when Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. You know, often you think that Jesus is the meek, the mild the nice kind of person. But when the moment arises, there's indignation, there is anger, there is saying, this is not what I want you to do. Stop. And he said to them, let the little children come to me. Don't stop them for, notice this, the kingdom of God belongs to those like these children. What does he mean by that? The kingdom of God belongs to those like these children. Let me, let me give you really quickly. It is about those who are willing to come to seek the blessing. Those who are coming to seek the blessing. That is who the kingdom of God is for. And then he goes on, tell, I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. And the thing about children is there is trust. The thing about children is 
is there's a willingness to believe. The thing about children is there's an openness to what is happening around them. And so we're to take in the kingdom of God like a child. Willingness to receive it, willing to let the kingdom of God come upon us and wash over us. Um, Moving further on, as he's interacting with uh, the rich man and and doing the the whole thing about, you know, there's the rules, the regulations, you followed all these things, but he goes, but there's one more thing. You have to give up all your money. And see, I thought about doing the whole thing about money, but I thought, no, the kingdom of God is so important for us to actually understand this. And then he, he, goes, he goes on in, in, in verse 23, it says this. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, so after he's had this interaction with this rich man, he then turns to his disciples and has this conversation. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Now he's actually saying it's really hard because why? This amazed them. But Jesus said again, dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. See, why is it? Why is it? Because... The thing about being rich is that you tend to trust in the things that you have and you're not trusting in God. Uh, one of the translations, some of the translations actually phrase it, it's, it's, it's harder for a rich person who trusts in money to enter the kingdom of God. Because trusting in the money means you're not being like a child and trusting in God. It's important for us to actually understand that to enter the kingdom of God, there's a level of trust that we need to just place over to God and just leave it in God's hands. See, this kingdom of God notion is actually really important. It actually flows through all of the Gospels. It flows through the whole books of the Bible. But specifically in Mark's Gospel, I just want to take you all the way back to the very beginning um, into Mark 1, verse 15, and it says this, The time promised by God has come at last. He announced the kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. This is the actual, in Mark's gospel, the first recorded words of Jesus speaking. And what is he talking about? The kingdom of God is near. He's talking about it is come, it's here, it's becoming apparent right now. The first words Jesus speaks, the first words that are recorded in the Gospel of Mark is about the kingdom of God. It becomes central, it becomes important. And as we start to think about this notion of what the kingdom of God is all about, we even start to see it weaving its way through all the things that Jesus is teaching about. So when we go to, how many people know the Lord's Prayer? We've only got, we've got a couple. Good, good, good. How many people know it oh, like, you know, off the top of your head, by heart, you've said it. It's one of those things that people have learnt. And, you know, and I'm just going to jump into um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, just to hear what it says. Pray like this. And this is the New Living Translation, so it'll be a little different to the way that you have learnt how to pray um, the Lord's Prayer. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when we are praying that prayer, the prayer that Jesus teaches us, what is he doing? He's asking you to pray that the kingdom of God may become apparent. 
for us here and now. It's such an important thing for us to actually understand that this concept of the kingdom of God is so central and so important to Jesus, his ministry, his teaching. It's actually the way, the works, and the words of Jesus Christ. It actually flows through all of that about the kingdom of God. So let me give you a few things about what the kingdom of God is all about. Um, The first thing is this, God reigns over all things. So the kingdom of God is about God reigning over all things, about the heavens, the earth. Um, and, and here is where some people, instead of saying the kingdom of God, they will often use the rule and reign of God because they feel that the corruption of the word of the kingdom has meant that they can't actually use that word successfully because we think of what's happened. So the rule and reign of God. In other words, God rules over all things, over all creation, over all heaven. God is in control. Secondly, God promises that there is a kingdom. So if we're thinking about um, the rule and reign of God, we're thinking about the kingdom of God, there's a promise that, that God will promise the kingdom. And this, this promise is actually founded in the covenant that God has with the people in the Old Testament. And that flows all the way through to the New Testament and it is still there. There is a covenant promise that God will establish the kingdom of God in this place. Thirdly, God, there's a standard for us in the kingdom of God. So if you're going to become a part of it, if you're going to step into it and accept the kingdom of God in our lives, to enter into the kingdom of God, then there is a standard for holiness to live out in this kingdom. Um, In the Old Testament, as as that rich man was coming in and, and talking with Jesus about how he could get into heaven, how he could have eternal life, What do they quote? They quote the Old Testament. They quote and come back to the Ten Commandments. They talk about not what's the standard. Not murdering, not being in adultery, not stealing, not showing false testimony, uh, not cheating, honouring your mother and your father. These are the Ten Commandments. They're they're in there. um, But Jesus goes, there's more than that. It's not just about following the rules. It's about where your heart is sitting. It's not just about following the rules. It's about what you have passion about the most. It's what you trust in the most. The kingdom of God has a standard for our living and it also has a standard for our heart of where we need to be and where we need to place, how we place God within our lives. The kingdom of God was established on earth. This is really key for us. When Jesus came into the world... See, we're coming up to Christmas time, and we're actually going to hear the, the announcement that the angel made about the birth of Jesus within this framework, within this time. And, and it's the birth, the birth of Jesus announced to Mary, and it's a confirmation that Jesus Christ is fulfilling the promises that the King will come. It's the promises that were given to King David that Jesus is fulfilling. John the Baptist prepares the way for the kingdom of God to come into, which is Jesus. He even pronounced that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So that's the way that Jesus enters into all of this. See, he's coming down to some of the real crux of the matter for us today. Entrance into the kingdom of God requires belief and repentance. Jesus says this in John 3, verses 3 and 5. 
Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, explained Nicodemus? How can an old man be, go back into my mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. It requires us to believe in Jesus Christ. It requires us to know that Jesus is our Lord and Saviour. It requires us to step up and say yes to Jesus. And finally, the kingdom of God has implications for us as believers today. It's never held back in that the time of the Old Testament or the time of the New Testament. It always has an implication for how we live today, what we are to do, how we are to behave. So as we come back into this passage in Mark's Gospel, thinking about how Jesus said it's so hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of God because because we place our trust somewhere else. It's actually about us placing our trust in Jesus. So where we place our trust is huge. It has huge implications for us as believers. So my challenge for you today is what is blocking you from entering the kingdom of God? What is it that you've placed your trust in above your trust in Jesus? What is blocking you from entering the kingdom of God? So as we come into a time of prayer, I want you to just pray with me. Pray with me as we come into this. Because God is speaking into your life right now. God speaks into your life. He's, he's, he's showing you something. He's showing you what's blocking you right now, the thing that is sitting in your heart and the mind. He's convicting you, convincing you that this is the thing that you need to put aside, give away, and let God reign supreme in your life. So let's just pray. Lord God, we just, we just come into this moment. You turn our lives around. You change, you challenge. And Lord, we just ask that you turn our lives around now. Whatever is stopping us from entering the kingdom of God, show us. And Lord, we just name this for ourselves. We name it in our heart, we name it in our mind, and we bring it out to you. These things are stopping me from entering your kingdom. Lord, we come to you when you ask that you be our Lord, our Saviour. You be the one that rules over everything in our lives. So Lord, we come and ask for your forgiveness of the things that we've done wrong. We come and ask that you remove that blockage that is stopping us from taking on that whole kingdom of God for ourselves, stopping us from believing, stopping us from really stepping into your life and your leading in our lives. Lord, we just put that aside and we just ask, Lord, that you will be our Lord and Saviour, that you'll guide us, you'll lead us in all these ways. And we just place our trust in you, Lord. 
We pray this in the power of Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I, I really want to encourage you that um, if there's something that is blocking you right now, to really take this moment. As we come in, we pray and sing into our next out song. Just like that, speak into our lives so that we may know what God is saying to us today.